Welcome to the Work From Home podcast with Mr. Tolu Balogun. In this podcast series, I will be talking about various ways for you to transit to working from home if you are not already doing so. If you are already working from home like me, I will be talking about a lot of things you can do to scale your business and move it to the next level. Welcome again to the Work From Home podcast with Mr. Tolu Balogun. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And we will be talking about the top companies, both globally and in Nigeria, that are transiting to working from home. You know, most of the time when I talk about the work from home experience, I always get to talk about it from the perspective of the freelancers, the coaches, the entrepreneurs that are running their business from home. But I wanted, you know, to share this information to let people know that the workplace or the workspace, as you already know it, is already taking a shift. And working from home can actually put you in a really great position to be able to, you know, be in that space where you will work with the best companies in the world without having to leave your current location. So today, I'll be telling you about some of the companies in the world globally and here in Nigeria that are already working from home or that have their staff working from home. I will start with the very obvious ones. You already know that, but um, Twitter and Facebook already have their staff working from home. Twitter announced it definitely on the platform um, by um, Jack Dorsey. He said that he wanted is members to feel free to work from home forever, that it's not compulsory for them to be at the office. And it really makes sense because if you look at it, Twitter is an IT company, a social media platform. And by the way, Jack Dorsey owns Square also, which is an online payment platform. And they have customers who don't, I mean, who goes to the Twitter office to lodge a complaint or anything. They, are, they don't have customers that have to actually check into their office to actually get anything done. Every, everything is done basically online. So it makes total sense. And when you look at um, Square also, it's the same thing. When you look about Facebook also, it's the same thing. Usually the workplace for these three businesses is to create a community. And when I look closely, especially with Facebook and I think Google also, their workspaces are not the general or the regular type of workspace that you expect. They make the workspace even feel more homely so that, you know, you can have a couch where you sit on in a living space where you can get your work done. You don't have to do it in a place that looks like an office office. You understand? So um, this is something that, any way we look at it, it has been coming for some time for a lot of these tech companies. As I said, um, Twitter boss announced it that his staff can work from anywhere that they choose to forever. They don't have to actually check in the office. The goal is to get the work done. And it's really smart. And for people like me who prefer to work from home, if I was already working with Twitter, I would be like, that's the best news of my life. Now, when you look at um Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, um, he made a slightly different statement. It's kind of the same thing, but if you are going to leave the San Francisco area to 
go or move to a place where you would have to be spending less on living, then there will be a pay cut. I don't think that makes sense. I think it's been um, a shield businessman, if I might want to call it that way. It doesn't make sense. You are going to lose your quality staff to um, other businesses because the way I look at it, when I'm getting paid and I love what I'm making, I feel more motivated to work. But if because I'm living in a different place, you have to cut on my salary or my wages, whatever the case might be, uh, you lost me just there. And since a lot of companies are still going to be moving over to you know remote work, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I'm sorry to say, but it doesn't. You, you want to get the best out of your staff. You want to make sure they put in their best effort. You want to make sure they are always well motivated. And it's not like it's going to cost you more to pay them what you already pay them. It's not going to break the bank. So I don't think it really makes any sense. I'm sorry to say, but let's face it. So, um, because at the end of the day, you are paying for the value they are having. You're not paying to fund their lifestyle. You're not funding their lifestyle. You're paying for the skill sets that they have. So, um, except Facebook is running a company or a business model that funds the lifestyle of their staff, then by all means, go for it. But I believe um, Facebook is paying staff for the value they can bring to the business. So, if that is the case, it makes no sense. Now, when we look at some of the companies that have made the most profit or about, or some of the companies that have gotten the most out of the work from home experience, you are talking about companies that do video, video marketing, um, video streaming, uh, video hosting, video conferencing, and all of that. And it seems like most of these people, like Zoom, like Google Hangouts, definitely on the Google, uh, also, you know, closely taking the trend of having their staff work from home. Then I noticed a lot of um, support staff for a lot of IT companies, for some IT companies where they have to, you know, work on sites because of their infrastructure, but then they have the support guys work from home because it makes a lot of sense. The support staff don't have to be on site. They can work from home. A lot of schools are also transiting to online learning. Um, even I know about the private schools, especially in Nigeria. I know about the, some of the seminaries in Nigeria transited to you know online learning. Um, probably the government schools are still behind in Nigeria, but I know um, a lot of the private schools and um, some seminaries have shifted to online learning. Now we all know Shopify. Shopify is also you know, running their business from home now because they even put a date to it. You know, they said all our offices are going to be closed until 2021. So for the rest of year 2020 and maybe some part of 2021, their offices are not going to be open at all. All the staff, the CEO, everyone work from home. The marketing guys, whatever, work from home. And, you know, as I said, um, about also um, Facebook and um, about Facebook and Twitter and Square. These are companies that run a lot of their work from home. I mean, they are, they run 
most of their business or all of their business online. I also know a few engineering companies in the United States. I don't want to mention names, but I know a few engineering companies that have also, you know, diversified their um, workload. And some of them are doing a whole lot of work from home, like almost like 80% of their work is from home. And if they don't have to go to the site or be at the office, they, they're not doing anything. It is, it's the only, you know, move to work or go out to get stuff done when there's something that needs to be done. Else, everybody works from home. A lot of engineering companies and you would wonder, how engineering companies able to work from home? There's a lot of the workflow that actually can be done from anywhere. Workflow that just needs you to have your computer and probably internet. You don't have to be at the office. Even if it's work that needs to get something printed, you can always send the PDF file to whoever is going to print it. It's quite easy. Setting up a work from, I mean, setting up a work from home experience for an office that has always been working at the office, <laughs> kind of funny. It's really not difficult. It's all about um, understanding the core tasks that need to be done at the office. And when you think about it, really, most businesses can actually operate at least 50 to 75% of their workload from home. So it's kind of cheaper and easier on the business because then your utility bills um, get reduced. You don't have to spend as much on um, your perishables or your things or the things you buy routinely, uh, like the toiletries, for example, the staplers, for example. You might think they don't cost a lot of money, but you know, as they say, little drops of water make an ocean. And at the end of the um, staff also, it also helps them to have more time to spend with the family. And it also, you know, gives them the opportunity to make some savings, especially on gas, on maintenance of the vehicle and all of the things I mentioned in the episode. I think that was episode three when I talked about, um, or was it episode one? When I talked about the um, best parts or the advantages and the disadvantages where I compared, you know, working from home. I think that was episode one. Working from home versus working from the office. So if you've not listened to it, please do listen to it. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Then um, actually the CEO of Upwork also announced that the staff will be working remotely. There will be time where teams will be allowed to, you know, come to the office, but that is when it is necessary and when it is safe. Otherwise, um, or their staff work from home. And it really makes sense also when I think about it for Upwork because um, Upwork is a platform for freelancers to work. They are making it easier for people to work from home. So it makes like absolute sense for them to say, you know, guys, we've been helping people to work from home all these years. Let us all work from home. Makes a lot of sense. And in my opinion, very brilliant. And... Probably a very good marketing um, strategy even for them. Like, we are help work. We work from home. You should too. You know, stuff like that. So it helps to, you know, easily and more conveniently pass across the message that um, don't just do as we say, do also as we do. So for Upwork, it's a brilliant plan and I hope they can, you know, 
um, do some marketing on that. And probably they'll be able to get a lot of companies that have um, local staff to be able to hire more talent from around the world. More talent that will be able to even do the work better than the local staff they have at the moment. That's about what I can say about, you know, the companies working from home or the companies that are, you know, running part of their business from home. But ultimately, it's really not difficult working from home. It's all about planning and understanding your workflow. Once you understand your workflow and you can decide, okay, these are the key staff that have to be on site. These are staff that can actually work from home. This, or these are job um, descriptions or work responsibilities that can be taken from home. It's easier to, you know, um, make the workspace a bit freer and probably reduce um, on the cost of rent. If you are an office that rents um, a space, you can move from a space that houses 500 people to a space that houses just 100 people. Like, look at the savings you can make of that and have the rest of your staff work from home. It makes a lot of sense. And there are a lot of tools out there that by the time you calculate how much you'll be spending on video conferencing, software, and in a lot of all these things, you will see that the savings is so, so, so reasonable. And you wonder at some point how you were able to do without having your staff work from home. Now, the more interesting part is coming down to Nigeria. I have a couple of friends working with the banks, some of the banks. And, you know, every time I chat with them, I'm like, hi, how are you doing today? Where are you? I was work. Uh, I didn't go to work today. I'm actually working from home. I was like, wow, that's cool. So a lot of the Nigerian banks are also taking cue from, with working from home. Like that's a big kudos to them. And I want to believe um, that's probably most of their marketing support, probably legal teams that are working from home. I have no idea how this is done by the um, banks, but I'm just, you know, just thinking about some of the responsibilities and all from my head. Definitely on-site security can work from home. They have to, you know, work at the office, except of course, they decide to have a 24 hour surveillance system that's really strong, but even at that, they'll still have to have some people on site. So then, um, as I said earlier, also a lot of schools, a lot of private schools in Nigeria have been, you know, running the work from home experience. So I'm going to just, you know, talk about a little story right here so that you understand how deep the work from home or the school from home experience has gotten for Nigerian schools. So this was like, few weeks before I started the work from home podcast, my name is Tolu Balogo. You already know. I had a different Tolu Balogo from somewhere in Lagos. Definitely young kid, probably six, seven, eight, nine years old. I have no idea, but it's in primary school, right? So I was on my phone one day and then I get like lots of notifications. Where are these notifications coming from? I don't understand. It's from a classroom app. And there's all these grade four, grade five assignments and notes and chats. And I'm like, are you kidding me right here? What is happening now? Are you telling me that someone used my email to sign up for school? So eventually I had to, you know, text back, um, login to the app. I was able to log into the app using my Google um, sign in. So I didn't have to, you know, know the password. 
that was created for the person. I just used my Google sign in. I signed in and then I texted a few of the teachers that, um, please, will you change the email for this student? You guys have used my email address. Please, will you correct it? And then the next morning when I woke up, I saw the chats again, tons of notifications and everything. They're like, oh no, I guess my, my account has been hacked. I'm like, shut up, you're nine years old. Who's going to hack your account? Like, funny. But it was really, you know, it was an experience for the young kids. So I was like... <laughs> When I was nine years old, what did I know about hacking? Why would I say someone would hack my account? Like, seriously, you're nine years old. You have like 10 billion bucks in your account that someone wants to hack into. I really don't understand. So, yeah, I was. And I was like, oh, God, what do I do now? So I logged into the account again. I still tried to talk things out, but no one was really thinking of the fact that the email that was used to sign up for the account was not even for the young kid in the first place. Because normally a nine-year-old cannot have an email address except it was opened by the parent and then the parents will have to, you know, be managing the email address for the kid until I think the kid is 13 or 18. I'm not very sure about that. So to cut the long story short, so I don't bore you, eventually I was able to, you know, log in again after probably like five days of you know back and forth and no one seeming to understand what was happening and it was kind of interesting why everybody would only think that someone was hacking a nine-year-old's account so i kind of just said okay you know what i have had enough of this what is the best way to stop getting all these notifications so i just went to the account then changed the email address from my own email address, we already issued to the kid. And I then just put Tolu at whatever the school's name is, .com. And I believe that should be the first thing most schools should do. For a lot of schools that have students, they should be able to, you know, have an email address system for their students. And which was something I had access to when I was in school back in the days, definitely university, not um, a primary school. So schools should be able to have a personalized email address for all their students, especially when they are running a work um, in a school from home service. It makes more sense. And it's also easier for their students because, you know, there are a lot of offers out there that can be claimed once you can prove that you're a student. So for schools, especially schools that are using .edu extension, it makes a lot of sense to, you know, open an an email address for your students and then you have your students able to use their school email address to claim a lot of offers online. One of the easy offers they can claim is um, if they were probably not in Nigeria, then they were in a country that um, the Adobe subscription was possible. There's a special discounted rate for students and even teachers in the school system. So, there are a lot of Google offers also for students and all of that. So it's kind of easier when, as a student, you can key into these offers because you have your school email address. So that was a lot, a really long digression. So let's go back to um, character. Then a lot of churches also have moved to, you know, a lot of religious institutions, let me put it that way, have moved into, you know, serving their members from home. So they just have a, a few key staff from the church and then every other person, you know, streams the service online. Um, a lot of pastors are now taking prayer requests and now taking um, 
counseling sessions online. So it's kind of really cool. And I love the way the whole work from home experience is getting. So I'm going to say to everybody that just started working from home in the year 2020, welcome to the club. You know, we've been doing it for some three, four, five, six years now. Actually, I think about six years if I count what I've been doing locally because from the year 2014, 2015, I've been working from home, but not for international clients, for local clients. So I think from year 2016, 2017, around that period, I started working online for people around the world. So, and I love, really love the experience. It's really great. It's, um, it's something that I would advise anyone to get into if they wanted to get into. And yeah, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of um, confidence. It takes a lot of perseverance. Probably those are the three key things you need. You need discipline. You need confidence in yourself. You need perseverance because sometimes it's going to get really tough, like really tough. Uh, you remember um, there was a month when I lost um, some clients like back to back. It was so scary. I needed to have my confidence. So I am grateful because I was able to, you know, focus and get my stuff together and keep pitching to new clients. So within the space of two weeks, I was able to get back on my feet and even got bigger. You understand? So it was not like I got back on my feet. I also got bigger. So working from home is a really great experience. You just have to be really good at what you're doing. You have to be really good. You have to make sure that you always get great feedback from your clients. And because that's what you need to always, you know, pitch to new clients. You need to prove to people that you can get their stuff done. You need to prove to people that you can take them through different stages of what they need. So, and when... One, one other strategy I use, let me just um, talk about this before I end the show. One other strategy I use when I'm pitching myself to new clients, you tell me you need someone that can write for you, for example. I tell you I can write. I've been writing for X amount of years. And not only the writing part, I'm really great at researching. I'm great at editing the content. I'm great at distributing, repurposing. You know, I... I've oversold myself to the client. You ask for two things. I tell you that in addition, to, in addition to those two things, I can do this other six stuff. And then like, whoa, you're so good, man. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that anyways. So, you know, I like giving them that, that um, experience. Like you're so good at what you do. So that is one of the other things I do. I don't bid for jobs where I know I'm not excellent at. I bid for jobs where I know that I am going to be more than good in this position. So those are jobs I try to be on. Um, if I get offers, I let you know that, okay, I'm not exactly great at this. That's when I'm not really great at it. I'm not exactly great at this, but it looks interesting and I want to give it a go. I think I'll be able to handle it. If I'm not going to be able to handle it, I'll tell you right there, right there. I don't think I'm going to be able to handle it. I remember there was a time I got an offer to do a do an infographic. Yeah. So um, the man came to me and said, I've seen your profile. I've seen some of your work. It's really nice. 
she, she, she actually showed me one of the stuff he really liked um, of my work. And then we started discussing the specifics of the project. At that point, I realized that nah, I'm not the one he's looking for. So I told him straight up, I'm not the, I won't be able to do this job for you the way you actually want it. I already understand the deliverables and I don't think I'm the best person for this job. The guy's like, no, I really like you. I really want you to do this thing. I'm like, okay, here's what's going to happen. Send you an offer. I'm going to give you a sample in three days. If you don't love it, I'm not going to accept this job. If you love it, then we can go ahead. Then he agreed because, you know, it was very adamant on me working with him. And I'm like, I know myself. I know I'm not going to be great at doing this. So eventually I talked, we you know, talked together. Uh, agreed on my condition and then I'm like, okay, let's get to work. I, you know, did it at my spare time for over the space of three days. And then I'm like, do you like what you see? It was like, yeah, it's really good, but not what I'm looking for. I said, you know, I already know that this is not what you're looking for exactly. And it's why I said in the, at the initial point that I'm not sure this I'm the person you're looking for. You know, I'm very sure at that point, the man would have been so impressed because it will be like, wow, this guy is so truthful. And that is what I want to build. I want to build a name. I want to build a brand that can be trusted. And once people um, hear the name, they're like, yeah, he's good at what he does. And then it will be easy for me to even get recommendations from people that don't know me. So I want to say a big thank you for listening to my chat and talk and Oh, I want to say a very big thank you to my listeners. I want to ask that you, you know, invite people to listen if you enjoy the show. And also, if you want to sign up for my mentorship session, it's still available. Link to that is in the description box. You know, before now, I've been talking about the course plus the mentorship. While building the course, okay, this is what happened. While building the course, I realized at some point that people's needs are very different. And if I say that I'm selling a course plus mentorship package, the truth is the course will probably just be great for three, four, five people. It's not going to apply to every single person. So because people have different skill sets, but they want to work from home. So I've moved, um, I've removed the course. It's still the same experience. You just go for the mentorship straight up and I'll go from coaching you from where you are to where you start earning your money online. So it's a strictly one-on-one -on -one experience. No buying any course or having to go through and, you know, be watching some videos. One-on-one -on -one mentorship session. I'll take you from where you are to ensure that you are making money online. Thank you so much for listening. The link to um, book a free session with me, a clarity session about your work from home um, chances. Um, is in the description box and I'll see you next week. Have a great week.